Hey there, and welcome to Dear Fandom, where everything you like is terrible, and that's okay. I'm Megan. And I'm HJ. And today is a fun little surprise that I decided to plan at the last second. I had a different episode, and I had it all ready to go, and then I went, mm, no, I'm going to do something special. I am doing I, a Pixar film from uh, <clears throat> the year 2001, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's about... Uh, two best friends, and it's Monsters Inc. It's Monsters Inc. Yeah, it's Monsters. I know, I know. It's I knew. One hundred. Was... I knew. I knew you because for us, I knew <laughs> this movie. Okay, so what's so lovely about this movie is that I saw it when it came out. It is great. We in love the theater. This. You saw it's, it in the theater, right? I, I, oh, I saw. Yeah, in the theater. I was watching this. I was eleven. Uh, maybe was I eleven? Let's. You see. were eleven. Yeah, I was eleven because I was and, nine. And it was, uh, man, it's a great movie. It's about two best friends who work together. We're not going to address Monsters University at any point. Uh, so don't don't ask me about it. Not happening. <laughs> yeah, it, we, uh, we've retconned that from the uh, Dear Fandom narrative. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. So with that being said, I'm certain... The listeners know that I'm a parent. I have a kid. Um, no my, way. I know. And Crazy. my daughter is about the age of Boo. Boo is like probably two, maybe between two and three. But my baby is like about getting there. So we were watching this uh, today because I work full time and I take care of my baby two days a week, sometimes more if uh, <laughs> my child care can't, you know, take care. Uh, so... We were watching Monsters, Inc., and I am noticing so much more about this movie than I did the first time around. And I'm oh going God. in with the lens of, one, being being in a best friendship as long as Mike and Sully have at this point, right? Yo, <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Actually, technically, so if we're going based off of the canonical Monsters, Inc., and not the retcon Monsters University. I'm sorry. This is a great sentence. Based on the canonical monster uh, uh, canon, we like to acknowledge that Sully and Mike have been best friends since childhood. And H.J. and I have been best friends since about that. We'll, we'll call it like pre-teen years. Basically. But yeah. almost exactly the exact same amount of time mm-hmm. that Mike and Sully have been best friends. And, uh, and approaching, so just to give you like a big overview of the plot, Mike and Sully are, uh, so Mike is the like assistant to Sully, who's a scarer, and he works for Monsters Incorporated, the local energy company for Monstropolis, which is your local monster town. And uh, it seems like Monsters Inc. is kind of like this monster worldwide corporation. Um, though it's definitely something where like, if you try to like delve into how big is the monster world? Is Monstropolis a city, a capital? Where are we? Don't, don't do any of that. Whatever no. you want the answer to be is, that's the answer guys. Is Monstropolis a tiny little island floating in the sky? Sure. Is Monstropolis part of the upside down? Why not? Anything is possible because nothing is uh, I guess off limits for this movie because the only thing that matters is that the monster world and the human world are completely separate and the monster world depends on the human the screams of human children for energy. And basically, a little girl is able to get into the human world and a little bit of chaos ensues. Uh, you find out that the CEO and like some other guy are like evil. They get in trouble. She goes home happily ever after. It's all a good thing. And I am watching this movie as a 30, almost 32 year old person. And I'm like, oh my God, this is about being brainwashed by your job. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's it about, is, it's about, 
It's about corporate allegiance. It's about unionizing. It's about it's about it's, it's about placing undue trust in a company that pays you. Yep. Because so one part of the movie. So I. I'm not going to go into every little detail of a movie that came out 21 years ago, uh, but what I will do is explain the things that I really, really noticed, like, now, in my current years. And one of those things is, so I have worked in many workplaces, but specifically, like, long-term workplaces in which you kind of, you know, they give you that, like, line of, you're a f- we're all family here. Mm-hmm. Or as they say in Monsters, Inc., we scare because we care. And uh, now, you- in the... It's, it's, oh, it's a line. If you're fed that line, they're going to psychologically manipulate you and fuck you over. Just so you all know. (laughs) Absolutely. And what's so amazing is that Monsters, Inc. is kind of seen, like, if I'm trying to think of, like, a modern day, so it's an energy company. So I guess, like, New York has Con Ed, Jersey has, like, PSE&G or JCP&L. It's, like, just a generalized energy company for the town. Like, that's basically what it seems like. It's the nuclear power plant in The Simpsons. Kind of, yeah, exactly the same thing, except the difference is is that I feel like nuclear power and in terms of like, so we're going to go slightly science here for a bit, guys, but screams are energy and laughter is energy and laughter is considered much easier and more successful to obtain and 10 times more powerful than the energy that screams provide, which is like the, the big thing that comes true at the end. And they kind of pivot towards laughter energy as opposed to scream energy. And uh, this whole analogy is that laughter is basically like solar panel power, wind energy. It's clean energy that's meant to just be like way easier than we've all been giving it credit for. It's like, so what, it just sits in the sun and we get energy from it? Uh, yeah, that's it. No. Yeah. You sure? Like, that's literally it. But with the same thing with uh, the screams is that the idea that monsters would be seen as anything other than scary they were like, eh, not even worth it. Not even going to try cracking that egg. We're just going to scare kids forever. And the big issue for the company, not the movie, is that there is a scream shortage because children 21 years ago just don't scare pretty easily. So, you know, I think it's gone in a worse direction. Yeah. Man, yeah, they certainly don't scare easy. They really called that. They were like kids today. There's a there's an, there's like an, a video ad for Monsters, Inc., there's a kid just sitting like set seven inches away from a television and you just hear like cop sirens and gun shooting and he just like falls asleep in his bowl of popcorn and it says just a simulation not a real child and i'm like I can't. oh they really went there uh they it's, really it's, went there it's so it's so and you know what the most interesting thing to see is yeah. is to watch sully and mike's relationship change through like 80 different factors you know what i mean mm-hmm because they got Boo, they got all the issues that they've got going on within their dynamic as best friends and also as co-workers who depend on one another to succeed. And like that's probably why they do so well at their job is because they're best friends who were best friends long before they started working together. And that's why they can encourage each other. And, and they're also roommates, like legitimately like friend goals, like best friend goals in general. We love to see a successful, happy friendship. And like it's, it's so good to see because like Mike's in a relationship and Sully's like... Yeah. Hey, Celia. Will you? H.J. meeting my my husband for the first time. Hi, Cook. Uh, Snickerdoodle? Um, that's, no, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Truly me with, like, any one of your boyfriends over the years. <laughs> like, uh, What up, 
Fuck. What up? D. And I, I've, I've definitely called one of them by, like, the wrong name. So. Oh, it's, it, you know what? And the best thing, though, is that you see that, like, when it comes to Sully's overall opinions on Celia, he's like, She's nothing. Nice. Nothing. Same. Yes. Nothing. Like, wow, what a fucking great friend, guys. <laughs> It's so good. No, but sometimes the best thing you can say is fucking nothing at all. And that's what's like, the thing is, is I feel that sometimes, you know, like, your friends are definitely going to date people who will be in the Celia category of like, you know, cute pet names. They'll get really angry if you didn't call them back. What have you? You know, different things upset different people. However, it is up to you as a friend. If you're, if you're like, You've got a best friend. You're Sully. They're Mike. Mike's got a, a a situation going on with Celia. And Celia's upset because Mike keeps lying to her. And Sully's like, this is absolutely not my problem. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's it's surprisingly authentic for monsters. <laughs> well, you know, we have all got a monster within us. So, we- <laughs> um... <laughs> oh, my goodness. What can I okay. say? But yeah, I think that like the pre-established relationship, um, since we're not counting Monsters University, which is a film that did not happen. Um, no, it I didn't. don't. We, we refuse I, to acknowledge it. In this I house. don't know. I don't know why people keep referring to this movie that simply does not exist. So yes, exactly. <laughs> um, it's because they have the foundation outside of the work context that the and like they have the foundation outside of. Because if you ever notice, you've befriended a coworker. Yeah. And like you get all buddy buddy and then like you have nothing in common outside of work. Like you try to hang out with them outside of work. I ha- I've had this happen to me multiple times mm-hmm. where I've like tried to hang out with people and it's like, wow, we really have nothing to talk about. Like we are completely different people. We are not on the same page about literally anything. And like, actually in that same vein, though, then you've got Randall, who is just a piece of shit. Oh, and, and like, then you've got garbage coworkers, yeah. And I love it because Randall at no point, like, so Steve Buscemi, He's I have, I feel like the voice cast for this, mm. well, obviously that's the reason all of our parents took us to it, okay? When they saw John Goodman and Billy Crystal, my mom was like, oh my God, oh my God, I love uh, City Slickers too, we have to go and see it, like, yeah. Which is, a, which is a real movie that Billy Crystal was in back in the 80s. Do I know what it's about? I do remember uh, Billy Crystal was in the Wild West. Uh, outside of that, it's I think it's the plot to Monsters, Inc., but in the Wild West. Sometimes I have difficulty believing Billy Crystal is a real person. He's amazing. I don't know anything about his personal life. And I'm going to tell you that the reason why I think he's amazing is because I don't know anything about his personal life. Exactly. I think that his acting is that he, so he's a, he's a comedian and he's always been a comedian and he pe- he literally plays the same character in every film he's ever in to the point of like like Steve Buscemi plays similar characters but Steve Buscemi has a crazy range compared to Billy Crystal. Yeah, well Steve Bus- I think Steve Buscemi gets typecast, but I also think that I've seen Steve Buscemi do like incredibly sympathetic kind of pathetic characters and also like real fucking evil characters, not just Randall who's like your asshole co-worker on steroids. Yeah, really. Like, that Boardwalk Empire guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, and then if you compare him to, like, any side character he's ever played in any Adam Sandler film. (laughs) Where he's just kind of just playing for laughs. Like, he straight up knows, he he literally knows in his head, I'm weird looking. You put some odd makeup on me, I'm definitely going to get a laugh out of some 12-year-olds. Yeah. 
and it's great. Like, Steve Buscemi, in general, love him. This movie specifically, though, I think it's really interesting because you've got him and Frank Oz plays his assistant, uh, Fungus, and it's <laughs> it sounds just like Bert, kind of. Just like if Bert had more of a stick up his ass. Oh. Um, but what's so crazy is the fact that the real villain of the film, Waternoose, is basically like Santa Claus as a crab. Oh, yeah. No. Waternoose is the CEO of this company, and he's like familial money. Like, he's third generation in this. And yeah. so he's got it in his mind that he has to do whatever it takes to make his company succeed because for him it's not about providing clean energy to his city and prevent rolling blackouts Texas <laughs> excuse me I'm sorry I had a sneeze um <laughs> anyway <clears throat> anyway so Ted I'm sorry uh water noose not Ted Cruz water noose as I'm saying correctly does believe that his family company is less about providing energy and more about either making his ancestors happy or disappointed. And he expects his hundreds of employees to be invested in his own familial backstory as opposed to, you know, a consistent paycheck and insurance. I mean, I don't know if insurance is possible in the Monstropolis world, but um, Let's just I don't, say it is. I don't <laughs> disagree with the idea that a bunch of Americans would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a Blue Cross Blue Shield, but instead of Blue Cross Blue Shield, we're going to call it Blue Pentagram Blue stab like yes it's great it's great um but water news and he's like this very affable like like there's a scene early on in the movie where he's like pouring himself uh, monster coffee which is like actual sludge and, yep and it's so cute so so adorable because at no point in the preceding 21 years has anyone gone sludge is no longer a coffee it's still a coffee guys we did it Yay. um so so he's talking with uh, Sully and he's like making his coffee and he goes and, and Sully's like, wow, you know, this is like because uh, the 2319 just happened and he's disappointed and Sully's like, it'll be OK. And he's like, this thing's been in my family for three generations and, you know, I, I can't lose it. And it's just it, it reminds me so much of this struggle that um, a failure to plan on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. Yep. And just because Water News decided to not look into, because the thing is, again, they look into alternate ways to help train scarers instead of just looking into alternate energy solutions. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, well, it's, it's so fucking obviously like a fossil fuels versus the It energy. is, and, and it <laughs> never hit me until I was an adult. And I think that Mike and Sully as, as personalities are i i don't like they're just so complimentary i think is the right word for it like sully is big and loud but also very soft spoken and he doesn't really like he's just imposing but not in a way that he intended to be and mike is just smaller and the entire room is aware once he enters because he just talks at a level of 8,000. And I'm basically both of these people at the same time. Um, and you are too, right? I, I am as well. Yeah, no, I definitely have elements of both. I can definitely relate to like the Mike factor. Be like people assume, uh, if you look at Megan and I standing next to each other, you know. Yeah, like, it's, I mean, it's not, it's know, not dis dissimilar it's not, from the poster of the movie. It's not dissimilar. Like, I am almost a foot shorter than Megan. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's great, though, because, uh, you know, if I didn't have you, 
I wouldn't know where to rest my arm when I get tired. Exactly. But I'm also like your kind of, like, I'm like your loud barking, like, guard dog chihuahua. Sometimes I I am the person who speaks to the waiter. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. And, and you are absolutely the kind of person where, uh, okay, so I'm like my, like, so just to give you like some of the, the good Sully as well. So Mike's going on the date with uh, Celia because it's her birthday and Roz comes up and she's like, did you do your paperwork? And he's like, <gasps> and to be honest, if I were Mike in that moment, I'd look at Roz and go, so Roz, if my paperwork isn't filed tonight, does that mean that the company stops running? Oh no, I can just do it tomorrow. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to do it tomorrow because it's my girlfriend's birthday. So fuck you, bitch. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and it's amazing because Roz is just the worst, like, office manager personality. And if you've ever worked in, like, white-collar offices, you will absolutely deal, as long as you bounce around. If you stay in one spot where you got a good office manager, I would not recommend leaving it. Because uh, <laughs> there are some office managers that are literally the worst humans you've ever met because all they care about, they don't see you as a person. They see you as an incompetent filing clerk but the thing is you gotta be fucking nice to those people absolutely know everything and the twist that Roz is actually working undercover for you know the like police force is like such a good because that's like the union rep always comes in as like the fucking like mm-hmm. just like all this manager no one can stand. It's it's the pulling off the mask at the end of the movie to reveal that it was a good guy the whole time. Yeah. And with Roz specifically, um now it's hard to like emphasize exactly like the impression Roz has on, you know, a child, but Roz is basically like your weird old great aunt who you don't like talking to. Oh yeah. And uh like the reveal that Roz was in fact like so not only is Ro- was Roz working undercover, Roz is like the head of the organization, which speaks to like how uh structure is maintained within a, an organization such as the CDA, which seems like a combination of both the CDC, the FBI, and possibly maybe like your local police department. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're all about that decontamination of children, which is a lie that they tell people because they just don't want to deal with it, which is great. I just don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to tell every monster ever that they can't bring the kid home that they found. So let's just say that they'll kill you. That's fair. (laughs) I like, that's, And it's so, it's so clever and it's so well done because like as a kid, I remember watching the film and being like, she's annoying. She's not letting the main characters have fun. And now as an adult, I'm like, this is brilliant. We all know a bitch like this, but she knows everything. She knows all the hot goss on fucking everyone. If you get on her good side, she will do you all the favors. She will get you an appointment first Mm -hmm. when you cannot get an appointment otherwise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the crazy thing is, is that actually is shown in the movie. So like, like right towards the middle, like Mike, like Sully's like, you need to get her the key for her door. So can you get that? You're you're the guy who deals with Roz. You're my point man. And, and Mike's like, oh fuck, I've not done my paperwork for the last day and a half. And she doesn't like that. Maybe, maybe I will flirt with the old scary lady and she'll give me it. And then, and it's great because uh, the amount of power that Roz holds, and and it's it's like the flirting is just not hidden. So eventually Mike's just like, yeah, I need the key card. But what's really interesting is that he says, Randall was working late last night on the scare floor and I need the card for what he was doing. And Roz immediately like shuts him down, closes the window. And she says, this office is closed and closes the window. 
And this is the first time this has hit me, but I just wanted to just throw this out there that, so obviously she's number one. So if he's saying Randall was on the scare floor late last night, there's a policy. Office managers are literally worship at the desk of policy. And and so the policy is, is that there is not to be a single door on the floor on like, uh, so you need to have your two employees in addition to like other witnesses. You can't scare outside of scaring hours is basically the rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Because what are you doing with that? You could be siphoning power. Who knows? Because it's kept in those con- like containers. So I guarantee the second Roz heard that, she was like, Meh. all right, let's call. Let's get everybody together. This place is a constant shit show. I mean it like constantly. In, two, in the two day span of this film, um, the, the entire company falls apart. And I just want to tell everyone listening that is literally exactly how long it would take every company to fall apart. Oh, that's how it happens, baby. People Two. are like, oh no, it's a, it's a slow dissolution over time. I'm like, no, these like comically fast. Oh, comically fast. As long as the thing that like, as long as one, nobody tries to fix it within like the first 48 hours, you're gone. You're out of there. Monsters Inc. is now under new management. James P. Sullivan, CEO. (laughs) I'm not wrong because that always happens. No, it, it it really does. I have, I've Amazon now under new management. I'm sorry. I didn't say that. Oh, what? Oh, (laughs) Mm <laughs> and I really feel for Sully because Sully is legitimately good at his job. He enjoys doing it. He has fun. He likes picking at Randall. He's definitely one of those guys who just comes into the office every day, finger guns blazing, like, hey guys, who's ready to pound pavement today? We're going to do some sales. And you're like, I hate you. They're like, okay. So I see like Randall and Sully as two sides of the same coin. Two, like, work overachievers that approach it in a different way. Randall's doing it, like, fucking out of spite. You know that guy who's like, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to get the vengeance. I'm going to be on the top. Like, he was picked on as a kid, you know? Oh, yeah. Actually, not not that we should name the movie that shall not be named, but he was picked on in that movie. Yeah, yeah. But, um... (laughs) And he's, he's, he's succeeding literally out of spite for Sully. That's it. Yes. And Sully is, like, the, the sweetheart that everyone loves, um, or like, he's just like, you hate him if you Yes, are he's Randall, perfect. He's like... the golden employee, not the golden child, because that's a little bit different. The golden employee is the one that the CEO literally uses in every example. Why aren't you all like Sully? Look at what Sully's doing. And why aren't you Sully? And Sully becomes a point of why everyone else sucks. And he's, but the thing is, he's, yeah, he's like unwittingly used as a pawn. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand because he's so brainwashed by the company's, um, by the company's policies. Like, I worked for a company a while ago, and um, this company was very, very actively anti-union. Like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I I made a joke about it, and one of my coworkers, who was a star employee, like, yeah. everyone wanted to be them, really got up in my face about it because they were so, like, brainwashed by the company's, like, motto and policy. It's like... Yeah. It's hard yeah. to... To be honest, like, it's hard to shake that out of people Yeah, I'm like, you're getting... I'm like, you're getting actively fucked right now. Like, come Can on. Can I tell you that... So here's the real reason as to why the company kind of comes undone. It's Boo. Yeah. Boo is... And, like, yes. So technically, Boo is a source of energy. But let's talk about the analogy here. And that Boo 
is a child and let's use Sully as her like surrogate father. So Sully suddenly sees Boo and he has this originally, you know, they think Boo is a is a deadly weapon who will kill them at any moment. And I just want to say that uh every single scene with Boo is um accurate. Accurate. I swear to God, in 21 years toddlers act the same it's not different. They don't, I, that, the girl who played Boo is literally out of college at this moment. And yet my daughter acts exactly the same. It is the most beautiful thing in the world to see. It is, it's hard to watch it as a child and go, you know, Boo is cute. Sure. We, and, but she is in that monster costume for half of the film because there's, well, one, it's way, I think that the, back then they did a way easier job at monsters than they did at humans. They were, Pixar's team knows anything but humans. Until uh, Inside Out, I think, came out. Um, yeah, now they get humans. Now they know how to do it. But, so, Boo is in this monster costume for a lot of the time, which for I think for me, it's just a way to watch Sully develop more of an affection for her because he doesn't see her as a human quote-unquote energy source he sees her as an infant monster and uh and i think that for me so i'm i'm uh you know i i have recently had this like big huge revelation about how your company does not give a single fuck about your family like mm -mm. they don't care about anybody you spend your time with outside of this of, outside of that office they just care about you and for james p sullivan he was the star player. I mean, the only reason Waternoose banishes him is because he believes he doesn't have to worry about labor anymore and he thinks that automation is the key to success. And you realize that automation only goes so far and then you're like, oh, some of this is like for human children and they'll be, oh, so you just want to kill kids? No, no, I want to kidnap them and then subject them to torture and release them back home. So not a good look for you. Uh, but thank you. I'm going to put in a sick day today. <laughs> like, it's a lot. It's a lot to listen to. I don't care. I'm going to say this now. Um, so without naming names, someone close to me had told their employer, they're like, hey, listen, uh, now, cause now we're in the time of like hybrid return to work, stuff like that. Some people are still work from home. And he told his employer like, hey, I have no childcare for over a week. I need to stay home so I can work from home. And uh, his employer's like, so are you coming in tomorrow then? And it's amazing that he didn't even acknowledge that the issue at hand, which is you don't have childcare or he doesn't have childcare for his kid. And his employer is like, um, so tomorrow then? Does that mean now are you gonna like and it's just this like, huge what part of a week do you not understand yeah like... it's just a huge like blow i think and for sully he has that same blow because he so when he scares boo like with a scream and boo just can't be near him because she was scared and then she goes to water news who was the wrong choice um, the, the hurt and the pain that Sully, like, do, he's like, no, no, I'm sorry, boo, I didn't mean it, no, no. Um, again, an actual, ripped from being a parent of a toddler, uh, 
sometimes your kids are going to do stuff. Now, in this example, uh, his boss is just egging him on and egging him on, like, give me a scream, give me a scream, give me a scream, give me a scream. And he screams and Boo has run over to him because she loves her kitty. And, uh, and he scares her terribly in that moment. And I think for some parents, sometimes... Uh, toddlers are a lot. Toddlers are, not to say that toddlers are responsible for upsetting you. I mean, it's just kind of like, it's kind of like your employer just pushing you and pushing you, except those won't just be your employer. It'll be your employer. It'll be your spouse. Sometimes your kid will just scream for 45 minutes in a row and you'll do everything you can to try and appease them. And there's nothing that that's, that's calming them down and you're getting upset. And then eventually you just go, shut up. And then you're like, oh, oh no, I'm so sorry. Uh, and you get really, the, 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 look like Sully is probably the best way I can describe how any parent who's yelled at their child has responded to what they've done. They feel this kind of overwhelming waterfall of guilt that just, cause it just kind of keeps going. And if someone were to grab their child and hold their child away from them because their child was scared in that moment, those parents are like, yeah, I need to give her space because you love your child and you respect your child and you don't want to force her to love you because you can't get that if you force it. And uh, all of this was upon a second viewing that literally took me all of the work day to get through today <laughs> because she can't sit for very long periods of time. But it's just, oh, it's like this movie, I feel like Pixar in general, like, I'm sorry, do you, uh, what is, you guys are, you guys just enjoy making me cry, like, constantly, constantly, even upon rewatches? This is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's great, though. I feel like it's so cathartic to be able to watch something and, you know, look at it and go, even though this is John Goodman as a big furry blue thing, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I also understand? How pissed off Mike gets when they both get banished because of the choices Sully makes. Mm -hmm. And it's so, I don't know. It's definitely something that I think, again, it's a, it's a something that like for some friendships, it's, it's a hard hill to cross for some friendships when one friend, you know, has a kid. I mean, obviously Mike has a significant other and Sully doesn't, but it's really interesting to see that because Sully doesn't have anybody to like, you know, be like, oh, we can share this responsibility of a child together. Uh, and he's just, and he does it by himself because, I mean, he loves Boo and he's not gonna, he's not even thinking of any alternate options, which is good. Uh, but yeah. Mike's reaction is kind of the most, it's, it's a hard conversation for friends to have. And he's pissed. He's pissed because Sully's refusing to take responsibility for the, actions that Sully has made and like so they're like hanging out with the abominable spoman after they got you know banished and he's like what about what about what about the fact that I'm never gonna see Celia again doesn't that matter and then he eventually ends with what about me don't I matter and Sully just literally walks past him and doesn't even allow that shit he's like mm, you're hurt we'll give it some space I'm gonna go and try to save the life of the baby like <laughs> And it's interesting because he doesn't start a fight, you know? It's just, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go. We need space. And it's, again, that's kind of how best friends operate, man. Yeah. You, sometimes, especially if it's in the middle of a crisis and somebody's picking a fight, you just go, I, I'm gonna leave it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna aggravate it. I'm gonna let them think on it. And then Mike comes back and he's like, 
I was just hurt, you know, like we've always been together. And like, cause he's been thinking about it and he's whole, and Sully is literally being attacked by an invisible Randall. And then he goes, I'm being attacked. And Mike goes, I'm not trying to attack you. I'm just, I've just had a really hard time coming to turn. And it's just, it's so good. It is, yeah. I can't. I'm being attacked. I'm not attacking you. No, like literally he's being attacked. And I love it because yeah. when he throws the snowball and Randall collapses, Mike is just washed with guilt that his friend almost died in front of him and he didn't know. It is <laughs> crazy. How did you guys at Pixar put so much human like emotion and behavior into monsters? This movie is single-handedly the reason why monsters are is no longer seen as a negative term. I've definitely dealt with the more white collar side. Um, so like when it comes to unionization and like, you know, all that other stuff, it's definitely, it's harder to unionize on white collar jobs because you just assume you're doing better. So you don't need a union. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that's why Monsters Inc. exists though. But yep. in general, energy employees are what I assume in a constant shit show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I get, I get that, like, if you, like, talk to any given energy employee, a nuclear power plant, uh, Con Edison, even people who are, as long as it's not, like, wind power or, like, solar power, you know they're like, so, um, when was the last accident in your workplace? And they go, oh, hmm, 16 hours ago? <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's a lot. I mean, and uh, it's it's definitely something like I just I don't know, man. Rewatching this as an adult is just like the biggest like, oh, shit's always been going rough, hasn't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, my viewing of the film is different because I don't have a child. So um, that's fair. I can't relate to it. I definitely relate to it from Mike's side sometimes, like, with a lot of stuff, not just, like, you in particular having a kid, like, you know, being mm -hmm. left behind with, like, other people's milestones. Yeah. It is, it is frustrating when, like, in a lot of situations, I'm expected to sort of go along for the ride when it has nothing to do with me, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's hard because I, I mean, I, it's, it's hard to put yourself in a place where, you are the single or like you're the person without kids and children once you or like a, like that whole it's it's i for sully it's we, it's weird as it is to say but sully has no idea that he is like used as a benchmark for other people and like when people don't achieve certain well monsters i keep saying people they're all monsters but when monsters don't achieve like a certain <laughs> level of recognition like for randall he's angry at sully because sully achieves more than he does constantly and sully just i to be honest sully just looks like a big kind of you know, fluffy head headed person he just doesn't know he doesn't he just likes getting compliments and praise and if yeah. he does well and he performs well then he gets compliments and he gets praise yeah. so i think that like i sympathize with uh sully and the fact that he's like everyone hates him and he's just like he just wants to hug boo you know yeah no he like he just wants to wants to have a good time and to get along and he's never really work has been his only purpose and now he realizes that there's a greater purpose outside of his job yeah you know i mean and he's taken mm -hmm. his friendship with mike for granted and i think that like through yeah. boo he's taken like he realizes that all the relationships in his life are important and Not, yeah and the thing is he also acknowledges that mike has a lot of strengths as well yes exactly 
because before it transitions to laughter, Mike is just his assistant. And like Mike is his hype guy. And like one of the best things that I think about the character of Mike it, that should be like duplicated in humanity, which is um, like Mike definitely uh, subscribes to the theory that no press, like all press is good press. Oh, yeah. And as long as he's being paid attention to, he's so happy about it. Even if he, like, so in the commercial, his face and his whole body gets covered covered by by the Monsters, (laughs) Inc. logo. He gets on the cover of a magazine. The barcode is in the middle of his fucking face. But he He doesn't care. And it's so amazing because everyone else is, like, like, Sully, when he sees the commercial, he's like, oh, oh, I'm... Like, he really wants to go and apologize because his friend got shafted. And then Celia, friend got his, her boyfriend gets shafted. And she's just like, oh. And he's like, I'm on a magazine. And, like, it's this is the energy so... that we love to see out of people. Monsters. Exactly. People, monsters, they're representative of people anyway. Like, they've all got human characteristics. It's they the do. Anthropom- it's the anthropomorphization, like, that Disney does so well. Except it's not creating furries out of people it's just um making better humans yeah better humans out of people which you know i think is the real end goal here don't you think i i do i think that <laughs> one of the best examples of like hey just because your best friend is doing great doesn't mean that you also couldn't do great maybe your best friend's just really good at this particular thing and then when it comes to another thing maybe your best friend just sucks at it Yeah, I think, like, I have always related much more to the character of Mike than I ever have to Sully. Because, like, I have been, I've been a supporting player pretty often, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I am, like, and, like, I don't mean that as, like, a self-deprecating thing. It's something I do enjoy. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, you acknowledge what you're, what you, what position you have kind of held throughout your life. You know, yeah. it's not like you're oblivious and you're like, well, I'm the main character and everyone cares about me. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I I abhor being the main character. I am definitely a person who, like, I say... Hey, did you, like, I'm on the, I, like, you, like, you read the article or you watched the, uh, the commercial that you were in or, like, you listened to my music. Cool. Awesome. Or, like, you read the article that I wrote or you read this thing. Like, it, yeah. it's just the support seems really cool and it's just, like... Yeah, a good and, trait to have as a person. Yeah, and, like, I definitely, like, occasionally it's like, you know, there are stars that shine brighter. Definitely in the past, when I was much younger, not now. Because, mm. you know, I am a mature adult now. Mm. <laughs> um, a hashtag adulting. Hashtag. Um, <laughs> you are... You are so beautiful and so bright. And sometimes I would feel jealous and overshadowed and, like... But, like, I realized, you know, like, over the years, I was like, maybe I was like, there are things that I am better at, or -hmm. there are things that I can do to compliment you. And, like, we, like Mike and Sully, compliment each other. That's sort of, like, and I think Boo as a character is very representative of, like, change happening in your life. It it is what happens when your friend has a kid. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally, like, that kind of interaction is almost verbatim, I feel like, for a lot of people. You know, like, I feel like a a bunch of adults would put on Monsters, Inc. with their kids and go, oh, shit, that happened to me, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, at at first, when when your first friend has a kid, it's like, it's like, wow, you know, like, I'm not used to there being this other person there all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at first, it's a little, it's a little bit to adjust to, definitely. Like, you're not used to, like having to factor in the baby yeah sharing your time with your best friend yeah which is you know it's hard and Mm -hmm. like you know even you can feel that at any age i think oh 
Absolutely. What's so what's so good about Monsters Inc. is that Sully and Mike's ages are totally and completely unnecessary to the plot. Yeah, they does don't. not matter how old they are. Yeah, they because... could be twenty two or they could be forty eight. They could be eighty five thousand years old. It doesn't <laughs> matter. The fact is, is that their interactions, I think, are echoed in friendships throughout the decades. Like me and you, we didn't even know each other when this film came out. That's how old this movie is, guys. Me and HJ did not know each other when this movie came out. And in the preceding 21 years, because it's almost 20 for us, we're closing in on it. We're almost on that Monsters, Inc. milestone. Yep. yep, But, I love that. Um, But it's, (laughs) it's just that they're literally like, it's, it's something that, best friendships are often hard to replicate or duplicate. And I think that like Billy Crystal and John Goodman also probably have interacted a lot before. I also did watch a lot of the behind the scenes stuff back in the day. And these two big old goofballs were having the best time ever. And it really does help with regards to convincing your audience that these two monsters have a really long, deep friendship that you care about. And Mm -hmm. that's what's so cool to watch. And it's so, it's so really like upon review. And I mean, I also did cry at the end of this one. I 1 million percent cried at the end of this one because after they drop Boo off back and she's showing off everything, she's handing Sully everything, which is something that toddlers do, which is crazy to think about how 20 years of progress Toddlers, no, we are still on uh, uh, version 1.1. Megan, Megan, babies is the same. Babies Babies is always the same. same. Babies is always the same. Babies have things. They need to show you things they have, no matter what those things are, whether it's a fancy computer or if it's a Finding Nemo stuffed toy. Get Get ready for when your baby starts to really talk. They will tell you everything too. Oh, it's and Boo is in the in between between learning to speak and having a grasp of language. So Boo talks in baby talk like ninety percent of the time. And I was part of me was hoping that as my baby watched this, I'm like, come on, let's talk, let's get some talking going. Uh, and she does absolutely. But Boo is basically fluent in baby talk, and I just was like, we gotta get that babbling. I love that babbling, and I didn't realize I would love that babbling until I had that babbling in my face every day of my week. And I love it. And it's weird to say, but you don't realize how much you love something like that. Same thing with Sully. I think Sully is like the perfect example of how when you're, when you like, there's just something about kids sometimes that you're just like, she's sleepy. Like, <laughs> oh, it's such a good movie. It's such a good, like, it reminds me of, us and now and it's weird because it came out 21 years ago and I've seen it like a bunch of times <laughs> yeah, I think like I think the testament of the movie is really good because like I recognize that it was a more complex movie um that it was a more complex movie even when I was like 10 years old and watching it because you know the end part is such it is a brilliant ending where they put the piece in the door and she opens it and they, he, they don't show what he sees. Yeah. And she and just I, says, kitty. Kitty. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she says, boo. Oh, man. I, 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 I cried basically for like the last 10 minutes then. So it's the part where after they drop her off and she's handing everything and he goes, okay, I've got to go now, boo. And then I'm okay. I'm not crying. I'm just saying that when she's like, 
goes to open the door and scare him. And I'm not crying. This is just like a lot of emotion. Um, I mean, I'm crying right now. It's, and she's just like, kitty. And she just, she thinks it's a game. And like, God, guys. I don't know why uh, they decided to like attack me like that 21 years ago. But they did. And I'm just getting over it right now. Because I just watched it for the first time today. Um, and oh it's God. perfect. And it's lovely. And like, it's it's something that... Uh, personally, the end credits as well. Like, there is just something about 2000s Pixar films. Because Disney in this era was just not doing it. They did not know what was going on. They were very lost. Pixar took... They were like, we got this. We're going to make some films. And they did. Um, <laughs> and they started with Monsters, Inc. And they ended with Up. So Monsters, Inc. came out in 01. Up came out in 09. I just... That's why they didn't end, guys. I'm just clarifying that just the decade the ended and... with up. Um, God. And Talk it's... about a fucking sob fest. Oh, only for the first 15 minutes. No, hey. in the last 15 minutes. Uh, no, yeah, you're Go right. have you, your own you... adventure. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. no, but I cried like driving thinking about it's... that the other day. <laughs> I, I've cried. I literally believe fully, just to cap off this Pixar, this, uh, this fun Pixar episode. Uh, Pixar pays for my ticket price in tears. I have not gone into the theater of a Pixar film as I'd say past the age of 15 years old and not cried. I want to let you know that Toy Story 2 wrecked me emotionally in a way that I will never, ever, like, I can't listen to Sarah McLachlan's When She Loved Me Without Crying. And, like, Toy Story 2 hit really hard when I was, like, a teenager. And then they released Toy Story 3, and then I just cried a little bit more. And then Toy Story 4 came out, and they kind of, like, made up for it. But they kind of didn't. It was very weird. (laughs) Toy Story 3 really, I think, like, Monsters, Inc. really started this trend toward, like, actual, like, realism and addressing real things for, like... Like, more complex things for children and teens and adults to understand. Like, Toy Story 3 dealt with, like, the fucking eventuality of death. Like, you can't get more real than that. I mean, guys, it's... I mean, if this weren't the end of the episode, we'd be going for another four hours. Because, like, I'd, I'd actually argue, just to, like, cap off, I think that Pixar... Never intended to not like do a deeper deeper exploration of the human psyche. Like it started with Toy Story, which and was deep one as of the, fuck. Yeah, one of the hardest parts of that movie to watch as an adult is watching Buzz figure out he's a toy, and uh, that's especially with Randy Newman singing sad songs on the piano. Uh, and it's hard, and it's always. But I think what hopefully the intention of every Pixar film is, is to showcase that human emotion is deep and lovely and beautiful. And it's hard and it's difficult, but it doesn't make it not beautiful. Things, I mean, a painting can take 8,000 hours to complete and it will go in a museum, I bet, you know? It's just that struggle is, or like uncovering these hard parts of life, you know, your goodbyes and your hellos, discovering your own limitations or, or growing up, losing a loved one, um, confrontations with your best friends, confrontations with your parents, confrontations with, within, uh, you know, within a family structure. It's all stuff that Pixar is. And like going back to this film, like 
the banality of the workplace and growing up and realizing that maybe your greater purpose like isn't isn't just what you do it's who you are to those around you yes it's 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 your relationships it's the love that you foster it's not the your productivity because you are replaceable you know yes absolutely and it is totally about creating a full home life with whoever those people may be outside of your workplace because at the end of the day your workplace pays you money for your labor and while they can totally tell you that they are your best friends and they will watch out for you in any way shape or form and i'm certain there are cases of this this isn't like some broad overarching like you know every workplace that, ever is like this but they more often sell, than not they are they would sell you to satan for one corn chip they would you could die tomorrow and they'd find somebody to fill your role by the end of the week and that's the thing about work is it's never ending and it's never stopping it does not matter energy we're always going to need it uh, sickness always going to happen. Taxes always need to be filed, guys. And I am especially angry about that third one. But <laughs> the, I know, right? But those un- those eventualities, those unavoidable facts of life does not mean that life has to suck. And what you do is you have to find the love and the, and the spirit in the moments around it. And uh, Sully and Mike are definitely a good case to look at and say... Your job can be your life, but what happens if your job ends? What happens What happens if you find something more important than your job? Yeah. What do you do? You have to completely and totally reassess your priorities, reassess who you are. And it's A-okay to do that because more often than not, you'll come out on top in the end. Exactly. You may struggle. It may be rough. But you are doing what is best for you. Exactly. And like the relationship like the fact that they have that friendship outside and uh not to be a goober but (laughs) i can't wait to hear it (laughs) um i am grateful that i like have the type of friendship that is conveyed in this movie that i you know um like seeing we see each other through these seasons and through these conflicts and through these changes you know and like it doesn't have to be you know all sunshine and daisies all the time it would be boring if it was and like you know i'm just i'm just thinking about like the many different phases of mike and sully's relationship over you see through the course of the film and i'm just remembering different instances in the course of our friendship where we've been in those positions where i'm giving you like my script so i can learn lines and you're mike in that situation and you're like okay uh twins and a bunk bed (laughs) (laughs) and it's great it's so it's so awesome and you're right not all the not everybody will have a friendship like this but i do hope for those people who don't have a friendship like this just because you didn't make best friends at, at, in pre- preschool or kindergarten doesn't mean that you're not going to make best friends and i really do want to emphasize that you can make friends in your workplace and leave that workplace even if it is a bad one and retain those friends it's you, me and hj have retained friends from our workplaces yep i it certainly is have important though to definitely take your time listen Nobody's in a rush. Life is literally the only thing you're ever going to experience. Like, there's nothing longer than life because that's all you got. There's there's nothing that I can tell you that's going to happen afterwards. But what I can tell you is, is if you, you know, put your trust in a good coworker, 
That is actually a way better investment than Dogecoin. That's what I'm going to end on. <laughs> Do not trust cryptocurrency. Everyone invest in solar energy and also um, good coworkers. You could sh- you surely should invest in good coworkers. Yes, and love your friends and neighbors. And if you have a baby, give your baby a big old kiss and a uh-huh. hug and a squeeze and a t- and a tickle and a you know and a, maybe watch it. Maybe watch a uh, Monsters Inc. with your kid and you know uh, like. Maybe watch it while they're asleep. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, we don't know what is next week. No, so or next don't. over the next two weeks. I'm going to let you guys know, though, I got some real weeb shit in my uh, pocket, and uh, HJ's really not prepared. Uh, no, um, I never am. You're and a little it, scared. Uh, I'm a little excited. We're gonna have fun. It's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. Scared. It's gonna and be morning. a time. All right. <laughs> Minutes will pass. Words will be spoken. <laughs> All righty, everyone. Stay safe. Mask up, and have a great rest of your day. Goodbye. Bye. Mwah.